What is up, everybody? This is Cooper back with Cooper's Chalk Talk. Sorry for such a long wait for anyone that is still out there listening. I know it's been probably like 10 months since the last one, so long, long waited one. Um, but nonetheless, guys, I thought I'd get kind of going. It's kind of one of my goals as we kind of kick off Lent. So to be more um, proactive in getting these recorded and sent out, kind of get back on track with it, because I actually really enjoy it, whether people listen to it or not. Um, I don't really care, but it's just something I kind of enjoy, almost like a collection of thoughts in a, in a sense. So, But nonetheless, guys, um, for those of you that are still listening and following, so it's been about 10 months. A lot of stuff has changed in my life. Moved into a new house, built it from the ground up through a company with Meritage, um, got moved in. You know, working a ton, you know, kind of kicking off this 2020 year, got married, you know, just all kinds of stuff. So kind of a wild end to 2019, kicking off 2020 nice and hot. Um, so, you know, I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, and, you know, it's it's pretty much the greatest time of the year right now. It's March 1st. Um, you know, this is whenever all the spring training stuff's going on. Weather's pretty amazing. It's pretty much 75 in the day, you know, it gets down to about 55, you know, a couple days of rain here and there, but pretty much fantastic weather out here in Arizona. So great spring as we kind of kick that off. Um, but in general, honestly, just kind of a going to be kind of doing a little bit of a catch up whenever it comes to the podcast. So, you know, obviously a lot of stuff has happened. You know, your Kansas City Chiefs are now your NFL champions. You know, the Astros, bunch of stealing bastards. But nonetheless, you know, no matter how angry you want to be about the Astros, there's plenty of people that are juiced up. You know, Pete Rose used to gamble on baseball. You know, there's all kinds of stuff in the in the record books of sports. So, you know, there's there's definitely more stuff that has been done worse. Um, just like the the mobbed up refs in whenever the Lakers won a championship. When was it? I think that was like 2008 or something. They had refs that were, had admitted to the mob paying them off to make calls for for the Lakers. So, nonetheless, there's been a lot more stuff kind of throughout the time in sports. But nonetheless, kind of a kind of a rough one with that. Um, but with that also being said, guys, you know it's it's kind of a kind of a wild time to be alive. You have the Democratic Caucus actually. Um, I forget what his name. Pete Buttigieg, I believe. He's one of the Democratic guys. He actually just announced today that he's falling out of the presidential candidate. He was the first openly gay candidate. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, out of all the Democrats, he was my favorite one. I thought he was the most um, kind of... I, th- I just thought that he had the kind of best overall middle ground ideas from what I had kind of read on the guy seemed like he had you know where he kind of struggled was he wasn't very well known to kind of start off with he kind of gained more popularity but at the end of the day um, you know those names really do pay play a big deal you know biting being able to kind of win South Carolina kind of getting him back up on the horse um, in the Democratic race you know Bernie Sanders I know that's the one that everybody's a big fan of but you know I'm not gonna lie to you Bernie Sanders to me is a crazy person as far as what his ideas are um, you know, anytime that you're going to run him out there, especially from a Democratic side, you're going to have a, a socialist that's not even a true Democrat, and you're going to go have him run against Trump. I think it's going to be kind of a rough race for them in that regard. But nonetheless, you know, I think it's, you know, I think that he's right now from everybody that I listen to and stuff, you know, I think Bernie Sanders is kind of the, the fan favorite, um, the most popular one as of right now from what I read. I think Bernie Sanders is still the guy that will end up coming out. Um, I know. And you know, I have a couple of buddies who they really like Bloomberg. They think Bloomberg might be the one that's kind of the most um, 
you know, maybe the less least rational when it comes to all their ideas and stuff and might be able to still get some stuff done and actually be the one that can actually win over some independence from Trump. So, you know, I think that the Democratic race is going to be very fascinating as they continue to just kind of breathe fire at each other and just destroy all their idealistics. Um, so it's kind of been very entertaining to watch. I've watched every single debate that they've had so far. So very, very interesting. I think um, I think Warren is an absolutely crazy person as well. So, you know, I think that out of the ones that I see kind of coming out, I think it's pretty much narrowed down to um, Sanders, um, Biden, and also, you know, it, it's going to be interesting with Bloomberg when, you know, whenever he's really fired off this marketing campaign, I think that a lot of people are kind of buying into it. And at the same time as, you know, I think that he is, you know, being a New Yorker and, you know, he, you know, he has a lot of support in that Northeast region. I think that that'll be something that kind of carries him through, especially, um, just the population that's actually up there. So it'll be interesting. Um, but you know, once again, this is just kind of the stuff that's kind of going on right now. Um, and you know, there's, you know, the, we had the worst stock market ever in since 2008, which people are freaking out about that. That happened last week is the worst, um, week in the stock market since 2008. And the reason why people are stressing out about it is because, you know, of course, you know, everybody has been talking about the stock market falling on its ass for the past, like two years, if not longer now, because, We've been on such a good run, but to be honest with you, you know, as an investor, as somebody who, you know, the last week was not good for my portfolio at all, you know, but overall for the betterment of the actual society, you know, I think a little decrease is good. I think that there's, you know, to be honest with you, you want to invest right now. Do I think it's a great time? I really don't think it's a fantastic time to to throw a lot of money into the stock market just because there's a lot of variables, you know, presidential year is always kind of crazy. But nonetheless, I do think, you know, if you kind of look at the the rational of the entirety of the of the year that's upcoming, you know, you have this coronavirus that still is very unknown, even though, you know, the mortality rate of the coronavirus is only about 3%, 3.5%, which you look at other diseases and stuff, you know, they're, they're way, way higher and something that way more critical. But um, nonetheless, you know, it's obviously freaking out the people and, you know, anytime that it's going to devastate, you know, just traveling and everything like that, there's going to be a huge economic backslash with that as well. So, you know, I think that with this being said is I think the economy was in need of kind of a pullback just because it was on this, you know, unbelievable skyrocket. And once again, I'm somebody who invested pretty, you know, I don't want to say crazy heavily or anything into the actual Tesla stock, but, you know, I did did invest a, a pretty penny in that. And, you know, I've been loving the returns that I've been seeing on that. But nonetheless, you know, the coronavirus even impacting that as well um, from, I think, just the hesitation of what this is going to mean for the global economy, you know. So I think that that's going to be kind of fascinating in this upcoming time. And, you know, I think once again, I, to me, I think one of the surest stocks to gamble on right now is Southwest Airlines. To me, I think it's a sure shot because every single airline dropped, you know, I would say anywhere from 15 to 20%. I think I think they dropped off of their kind of, you know, Southwest is doing pretty well. I think they dropped maybe $10 or something like that on their stock price. So once again, the great part about Southwest is they are an airline. They obviously go with travelers. So if people are traveling less, that's going to impact them. But the way that I see it is if people are going to hop back on to traveling again, they're going to fly domestic because they don't want to fly international. Southwest flies domestic, pretty much only domestic. I think I just saw that they're starting to fly to a little bit more, um, some more islands and whatnot, you know, the Bahamas, the, you know, just, just kind of those kind of island chains, nothing that's too major, but definitely starting to get out of the U S a little bit more. But once again, I think that that's just an airline that's going to be impacted just because of the market that they're in. And, you know, they're in the actual travel and, um, you know, the, the vacation, I, I can't think of it. Oh, the tourist market, you know, that they're kind of in that kind of market of sales. 
So, you know, obviously that's going to impact their, their business to a certain degree because people are going to be less likely to travel right now. But once again, as soon as this coronavirus kind of gets cleaned up a little bit or, you know, nonetheless, people are still going to have to travel. That's just the way it is. And, you know, Southwest just kicked off a $59 sale right now. I, I saw that, I think, last week. Um, so, you know, they're going to their sales are going to continue to come in and they're, it's going to just continue to kind of ride. So I do think that that's one stock that's going to be kind of, you know, is kind of hit for the market that they're in but will be the quickest to rebound out of that market. So I think right now, you know, they're trading, I'm not too sure off the top of my head, I think I saw them trading at like 55, I wanna say. Um, So, you know, that's something that I could see them kind of hopping back up there. So I think that that's one that's gonna be very interesting. Um, Or I'm sorry, they're trading at 46 right now. Sorry, I'm doing a little little research on them right now as we're actually talking. Um, But once again, 52 week high, that's where I kind of got it was. 52 week high is at $58. Um, which they were actually trading at, you know, 50, was it about $58 before the kind of stock plummeted. So they were on a really good ride right there. And then the stock just kind of fell on its ass. So I think once again, that could be a stock that has a lot of hidden value. Um, you know, my wife, she loves Lululemon. She always wants to invest in Lululemon. And of course, Lululemon was hit as well. I think every pretty much every retailer stock was hit pretty drastically. You know, just my old my old stomping grounds, Abercrombie and Fitch, they were trading at like $17 before this. They're down to 13 So $4 drop on that stock, you know, that's almost a 30%. What is that? Uh, like almost a 20% drop, 25% drop on that stock. So, you know, it's a pretty drastic drop for them. Um, so yeah, Lululemon right now, they're trading at $217. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too, nothing too shabby by any means. It was pretty, pretty crazy, but they're too, they're 52 week highs, 267, which they were at before the stock plummeted. So, you know, once again, that could be a value stock. You know, I think that that's something that, you know, maybe we'll kind of look into um, because once again, I think there is going to be some stuff that comes out of this, you know, that the stock, it will rebound and kind of come to come to a actual standing point. But, you know, as I said before, I think that it was actually a needed thing to have the stock market kind of readjust a little bit. This, this skyrocket up is a little worrisome. I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people start putting a lot of money into it that don't necessarily have the money to be putting into it just because they feel like the stock market's a sure win. Um, so this pullback hopefully kind of opens people's eyes. Um, and of course, you guys know I'm a big marijuana guy. You know, I, I like I like investing in the marijuana stocks. You know, I think that there's like a huge potential there for once that whenever it gets actually federally legalized, I think, it, you know, there's been tons of shows and everything like that. I think that you know, it got overvalued for a little while. I think, you know, I was in CGC and it got all the way up to like, you know, $60 at one point and, you know, now it's down to $18. So obviously it's a very volatile stock, you know, it's just one of those guys. But I think that that's a stock that, you know, once again, it's something that you kind of hold on for the long term is, you know, the federal legalization, I think it's going to be coming around 2022. I think that's what they're looking at now. Um, so again, something that, you know, with this, with the coronavirus is kind of starting to get kind of out of it, you know, that I think they got up to like $25, I think at one point. And now, you know, they're trading at 18. So, you know, the coronavirus really just impacting markets in general. So, you know, something to kind of keep an eye out for, um, you know, I don't know what you guys necessarily think about the coronavirus. I think that, you know, uh, you know, once again, I'm working, working with a bunch of doctors, you know, every single provider thinks something totally different. You know, a lot of doctors that I talk to, they think that it's just a complete load of bullshit that they're, it's just people trying to influence, influence markets, you know, get numbers to go down or up a certain kind of way that they want to. Other people think that, you know, it's a whole conspiracy theory. You know, I was talking with my buddy, one of my buddies this weekend that, you know, the sulfur rates in China have been the highest that they've been. So, you know, there's potential conversations that, you know, China could be burning thousands of bodies, you know, kind of hiding the evidence. 
because the sulfur rates in actual China are the highest that they've ever been. So, you know, you kind of you kind of hear different stories, you hear different reports. And, you know, once the conspiracy theorists get a, get a hold of it, you know, and it's kind of where <laughs> it's kind of where I live, especially as of late. You know, I think that um, there's so much kind of stuff going on in the world. The conspiracy theorists, you know, it's very easy to kind of get a hold of something that it's, you know, the the Center for Disease Control for China is in that actual city. It was I think that city's called like. Like Wangu or something like that. So, nonetheless, you know that's where the actual center disease for China is actually located, and then it spreads there. And then now it's in all over the world because obviously people travel all over the world now. And we had our first death in the U.S., which was once again it's something that the reason why all the doctors kind of keep telling me that it's bullshit is they they keep saying that all the people that keep dying have pre-existing issues, which you know is true and isn't true the guy that died in the u.s did have i believe he already had a long 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 laundry list of um health concerns already um and he actually got it i believe he traveled back from italy if i'm not mistaken um traveled back from italy and that's where he had gotten it from so um but nonetheless you know it's kind of a you know anytime that a disease kind of out you know kind of breaks out it's always kind of interesting you know it's uh something to kind of be pay attention to i know that you know, other friends in Arizona, they're kind of stockpiling food and stuff just in case something gets rowdy. You know, it's, you know, I think that it's all spectrums that, you know, once again, this is something that could be a global epidemic or this could be something that just like SARS, you know, it kind of rolls off the shoulders. Um, you know, even though obviously this has been like three times as deadly as what SARS was, you know, it's still, it's, you know, I think the death toll is like right around 3,000 with, you know, roughly 80,000 cases. So, you know, once again, you kind of look at that the actual mortality rate still isn't crazy high or anything, but you know, nonetheless, we don't really know a whole lot about it. We don't know the actual, um, actual, um, what the dormant state of the actual, actual disease. So that's kind of the scariest part. Um, but once again, you know, I'm just kind of catching up on all this stuff as I'm kind of rambling about, it's kind of nice to, to kind of touch base with this. I feel like I'm like, you know, on Amazon right now, just tell me your daily news with which that's like my wife's new favorite thing. Um, but something that I did want to talk about this will kind of shift gears and get a little bit more focus is I want to talk about just some of the biggest free agents in the NFL. Um, obviously, um, you know, nothing to really talk about, at least not a ton to talk about in the sports world, you know, NBA kind of coming back from um, coming back to normal season after the all-star break. You know, I still think that they looks pretty pretty convoluted. I just feel like every team kind of still looks like they're trying to kind of get back to playing every night. At least that's what it seems like. You know, I think that you're going to start seeing some teams start to pull away. Um, you know, I think you're going to start seeing like the top three teams in the West and top three teams in the in the East start to really pull away and kind of be clear cut for who is going to be in the West Championship and East Championship and then, you know, go from there. I, I mean, from the East, you know, I definitely think the Bucks are going to be coming out. And then the West, you know, I mean, I think if the Lakers don't win it this year, I'll be kind of shocked. I just think that it's kind of geared up for the Lakers to win it all this year, you know, so, so it'll be kind of interesting, but nonetheless, um, I wanted to talk about just some of the NFL top free agents, you know, once again, talking about like the whole thing about talking about this is kind of talking about the, the actual fantasy value of these guys. You know, I think that, you know, nowadays, you know, everybody watches football, they like football, but damn near every single guy that I know is in like two or three different fantasy leagues Their you know their wives are in fantasy leagues so you know it's just becoming more and more of a top thing so I think the first one to kind of talk about is Amari Cooper I feel like this guy kind of like keeps on getting pushed in the background you know you know I keep on watching the the NFL combine stuff that's going on you know they're talking about you know CeeDee Lamb looks like he's a, a, just a complete freak um I think what's his name the I think his last name is Russ um the wide receiver from Alabama that ran a four two three forty, just incredible speed. And then I watch his highlight basketball film from high school, and it's just incredible. Guys like jumping from the free throw line doing windmills, just a freak athlete. Um, 
So, you know, there's some great wide receivers kind of coming out this year in the NFL draft. So it's kind of interesting to see where that kind of pushes Amari Cooper. Does he stay with the Cowboys? Are they going to kind of push him out? Are they going to find somewhere else? Do they feel like they can replace him in the draft? You know, I personally think Amari Cooper is probably going to stay with the Cowboys more than likely. I just think that Jerry will find some way to kind of get his guys brought together. But I don't think it's going to be on a long-term deal. I think Amari Cooper probably wants a long-term deal, but everybody who's ever watched Amari Cooper play football knows that he's, you know, he plays on on a best case scenario, he plays about eight to 10 games at full health and then three to four games at about 70% and all the rest, he's probably out. So, but nonetheless, I think Amari Cooper will probably stay with the Cowboys. I think that, you know, they're trying to kind of get something going here in, in Dallas. I think, you know, they, they have a brand new coach in um, with McCarthy, you know, and if you look at McCarthy, whenever he was actually, you know, he was really a good coach for Green Bay and with, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, you know, he had, you know, some decent running backs throughout that time, you know, no, no studs like what he has in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but he always did have some pretty decent wide receivers out there. You know, he had Donald Driver, which was pretty solid. Um, you know, and he was actually the one that drafted Devontae Adams, which, you know, anybody who plays fantasy football knows Devontae Adams is somebody that you ideally want on your team, even though he kind of was banged up this year. Um, so that's kind of the first guy I want to talk about was Amari Cooper. And then um, the next guy I want to talk about was Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, I know everybody wants to talk about uh, Tom Brady and everything. I'm, I, I'm on the, I'm on the very strong side of that. Tom Brady will and is going to go back to, um, is going to go back to the Patriots. I think the only other team that he would even consider is going to the Tennessee Titans. I think that the Tennessee Titans are actually kind of a romantic team for Tom because. Obviously, he knows the coach in, um, what's his name? Starts with a V. Um, nonetheless, it, the coach played for the Patriots for a long time, so he knows Tom Brady really well. Um, and then at the same time, they have a great running back. They have a pretty solid defense, and they have offensive weapons, you know. Um, you know, they have a great young wide receiver that they drafted last year in their first round, or actually, I think, second round out of Ole Miss. Um and then on top of that is they have, you know, they actually have a pretty good young, Jonu Smith is their young tight end because I think um, Delaney Walker is a free agent now. So they have a good young tight end, which that's what he looks for. Um, I saw that they just signed another one of their young wide receivers. So um, they have Corey Davis still at wide receiver. So, you know, they have a pretty good wide receiving core for him to kind of work around. And at the same time as, you know, anybody who knows the Tennessee Titans, they have um, Derrick Henry. Um, so that's the only other team I could see Tom Brady going to, but you know, I still, I'm still in the camp that I think that he's going to go to the Patriots, but to kind of circle back to Ryan Tannehill, the reason why I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill is because especially for fantasy reasons, Ryan Tannehill is somebody that I think for sure can be a top 10 wide, uh, top 10 quarterback in fantasy football next year. If he goes back to the Titans, obviously I just talked about Tom Brady going there and all the benefits, but Ryan Tannehill, I think to me has even a better arm than what Tom Brady does in this current stage in Tom Brady's career. But same time is I think Ryan Tannehill is guaranteed to rush for you know anywhere from 30 to 80 yards a game you know he still runs the ball pretty decently you know he's a pretty big guy athletic guy but another year in the system he's going to be able to be a little bit more reliant on some of those weapons that he has now because he'll have some built-in um built-in chemistry with some of those young white young white young young wide receivers that the Titans have. So, um, so I think that's going to be kind of interesting. Um, the wide receiver that I'm trying to think of is, what is his name? Not Adam Humphreys. They got Adam Humphreys from the, from my Buccaneers. Um, I keep on trying to think of what this cat's name is. Freak, freak of nature. 
Um, nonetheless, I'm going to keep on looking for it because he was actually on my fantasy squad last year and he was incredible. Um, AJ Brown, there we go. Um, so, you know, I think I think with Tannehill, with being able to get, if you kind of think about who he's going to be able to land, if he has if he has Corey Davis, he has AJ Brown, he has Tajay Sharp, and then at the same time, as he still has Humphreys in there. Um, and then they have Jonu Smith, which is a good tight end. You know, he, once again, this guy's a freak of nature athletically, but somebody who never gets any kind of love from the media because, you know, he was kind of drafted relatively high, but it was about three years ago now, and he hasn't really amounted to much. So, once again, from a fantasy aspect, I think Ryan Tannehill could be somebody that you kind of see as somebody that you know, more than likely is probably going to go undrafted. You know, so he's somebody that, you know, if you if you get into the late rounds of your draft and you haven't drafted a quarterback, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill is somebody that you could lock on your roster. And, you know, especially, obviously, you look at the first game, first three games that he has, and if he has a favorable matchup, you know, it's it's somebody that would be decent, you know, to kind of roll out there. You know, if he's starting playing against the Texans week one, you know, Texans don't have a cornerback to speak of right now. Um, they pretty much have cut everybody that they have at, at quarterback. So, you know, once again, you get Ryan Tannehill in there, then, you know, it's going to be an interesting go. Um... And then, kind of going to a couple other names that I uh, that I thought was kind of interesting was Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry is going to be a very interesting tight end. I think you know, once again, talking about Tom Brady, if Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots, Hunter Henry, um, and then what's that other tight end from the Falcons? I think it's AJ Hooper. Um, it's, I know his last name's Hooper. I don't know his first name, um, but Hunter Henry or Hooper going to the the Patriots almost seems like a sure lock. Like I feel like that one of those. It's almost like written on written on the chalkboard already because they they have to get a athletic tight end in there for the guy. Um, AJ Green obviously just signed for. or They just said they're going to do a, um, a franchise tag on him for this year for the. For the Bengals, so you know the Patriots are going to try to get more athletic. So you know Hunter Henry could be a fascinating guy, especially if he goes to the Patriots. You know his value is going to go up, you know, monumentally. You know it'll be a fantastic land for him. Um, and then you know you kind of look at a couple other teams that could actually use Hunter Henry. As crazy as it sounds, you know I know that the Browns have Njoku, but you know Njoku's been hurt basically his entire career. So you know you see, so you see maybe your Hunter Henry going to the Browns. You know maybe he landing there and being a touchdown machine up there for the Browns. Because um, you know I do think the Browns are going to have a year that they kind of come back to normal. I think they did a much better job with hiring. So you know Hunter Henry will be kind of interesting. And then you kind of have all the quarterbacks that are kind of a mixture as well. You have Winston River. You know obviously I hope that Winston goes back to. Tampa Bay I think you know I think I read an article that more than likely they'll let him test free agency but it's looking like the cow or that the the Bucks will sign him to like a two-year deal maybe 27 million dollars for his first year which to be honest with you as a starting quarterback being 27 million dollars a year even though that to the modern person that sounds incredible to an actual NFL starting quarterback it's like oh well that's you know I think that they said Bridgewater is going to be looking for 30 million dollars a year so you know I think that it makes more sense for us to bring back a guy let him kind of get a second year in the system see what he does obviously you know he was the yards leading guy last year but also the interception leading guy last year so it'll be kind of interesting to see what he kind of goes um and then you know Philip Rivers you know I this guy's I, I think you can basically light him up to that he's going to be in Indianapolis he just seems like a guy that's going to go there um exactly what they need they need they need kind of a scab guy that can go in there play for two years get them from point a to point b they'll probably draft a quarterback in the first round i think i was reading that they could be one of the biggest movers in the draft maybe moving up you know moving up a little bit or you know even sitting there and i think there's a quarterback out of utah state that they really like um so you know i think that that could be that could be kind of an interesting landing spot you know um, talking about Derrick Henry, I you know of course you know if Derrick Henry could go anywhere, I'd love for him to go to the Bucks. You know the Bucks I think have a pretty good um, cap 
cap space, but Derrick Henry's going to stay with the Titans. I mean, if the Titans let this guy walk, it would just be absolutely criminal. I mean, he was probably the most fascinating player in the entire NFL um, playoffs last year, if you ask me. So definitely kind of interesting. And then, you know, getting into a couple guys, I know we're kind of talking about um, some fantasy implement implications, but, you know, a couple defense guys that actually impact the actual defense as well as Chris Jones with the Chiefs is actually a free agent. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is a free agent. And then I know little known um, Shaq Barrett, which is, he was actually, I think he was second in sacks last year for the Bucks. Or second, second in the NFL, but he played for the Bucks last year. Those, all three of those guys are kind of free agents, so it'll be interesting. I think Chris Jones. I think it'd be hard press if he leaves the Chiefs. I definitely see him kind of going back to the seat, goes back to the Chiefs. Jadavian Clowney. I know he wants a really big deal. Um, I, I mean, I would, I hope he stays with the Seahawks. To be honest with you, I think that he. I just thought he thought he was a good fit up there, and I think the Seahawks could be a dangerous team this upcoming year if they can kind of figure out a couple things on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then Shaq, I think that I, I think Barrett's gonna end up signing back with the Bucks. I think he said he doesn't. I, th- I don't think the Bucks want him to go, but I, th- I can see them using like a franchise tag, which would give him a crazy amount of money for one year, especially because then they don't have to be shooed into him for an extended amount of time because this was kind of a one year thing that he just shot out and had an incredible year, so it kind of protects him from having to having to kind of invest in him for a substantial amount of time after this past year. So those are a couple of the, the biggest free agents there, um, especially with kind of going into this draft. You know, the draft looks absolutely incredible. I think that this might be from an actual talent aspect of skill players. I think that this might be one of the best drafts there is. I think that there's a solid five to seven really good wide receivers. Um, I think running backs, I think there's a solid two to three running backs that are coming out. Um, I really like the running back out of LSU, short guy, um, very electric, catches the ball out of the backfield very seamlessly. Just going to be one of those guys that I think that, you know, maybe year one is so-so, but I think that he might be a guy that really plop, really pops out, you know, year two, year three. Um, so maybe he goes somewhere with an established running back this year, uh, maybe, you know, drafted in the second, third round or something, and then, you know, plays behind somebody. You know, I, I the first thing that comes to my mind is if he gets to go play for the Lions, you know, Lions have on Johnson, but he's always hurt. So, you know, maybe he gets to go in there and play behind on Johnson for a year. Um, you know, and then you kind of see what happens because on Johnson, yeah, I think he'll be hard-pressed if the Lions give him a long-term contract after his rookie contract. Um, after all of his injuries, he, you know, we think he like broke his leg or, you know, he was, he, he did something last year that he was out for, I think like 12 weeks or something. So, um, so, you know, nonetheless, it, it's something that, you know, if you can't stay healthy, you're not going to get a, you're not going to be a winning, you're not going to be a um, starting running back for long. So it's unfortunate for that position, but that's just facts. And then, um, then once again, you got quarterbacks, you know, I think Joe Burrow, you know, Mr. Mr. Hollywood, you know, himself, I think that, you know, he goes to Cincinnati. I really hope Tua goes to the, goes to the Finns. I think he just fits there. Um, let's Fitz magic work his works one more year out there in Miami. And then he can ride off into the sunset. He's actually from Chandler, Arizona, which is crazy. He's from, I've actually like worked out with his dad in my gym. So I'm a big, um, um, Fitz magic fan. And then, um, and then you have the quarterback, like I just said, the quarterback out of Utah State. Um, he's been getting a ton of coverage as of late. Really popular guy. I And then the quarterback out of Oregon, I think he's the most overhyped quarterback. I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Everything I've seen from him, I think that he overthrows guys constantly. He waits for guys to get open. He doesn't have like an instinctive really throw to him, to my mind, for every game that I watched. And I think a lot of the times that he actually did well is he actually ran the ball, which once again in you know in college he looked like he was pretty decent but then you get him in the NFL where guys are 10 times faster I just don't think he's going to be a long-term guy 
Um, so I think that he's going to be something that's kind of interesting. Um, the Washington quarterback, he's kind of a statue back there every time I watched him. So, you know, I know that they're talking about how he has huge hands, I believe. I think that's his thing. He has, like, he has huge hands. So I think that he might be, like, that's, for whatever reason, it's a huge deal. So um, I can see him being drafted maybe in the third, fourth round, maybe sit for a year or two and see if he has anything. So maybe he gets drafted to somebody. Um and then uh, Jake Fromm out of Georgia, I think he's the other quarterback that will get drafted a little bit later. I think that he's kind of, he's so-so to me. Um, you know, I always rooted for him in Georgia just because, you know, it's good to see some somebody come out of the SEC besides Alabama. Um, but then, you know, you get Burrow, which is just incredible. You know, he's a, kind of a one-year wonder. So, you know, hopefully you can kind of carry that over into the NFL. So, nonetheless, um, you know, tons of talent that's coming out of this NFL draft. You know, whenever it comes to actually big guys, though, um, you know, you don't see a ton of actual hype on any of the, you know, the lineman defense tackles necessarily. I think that, you know, there's a couple defensive ends that they, I think that they're pretty solid. I think the only defensive tackle I saw that was supposed to be, you know, kind of, kind of out of this world is the defensive tackle out of Auburn. Um, there's a cornerback out of, out of Ohio state. He had a, he had a great conversation with one of the reporters. Reporters said that he was sloppy. And then he said, in what way? And the, the reporter came back and was like, well, you get a lot of like, you get a lot of penalties. And the cornerback snapped right back. He was like, I had zero pass interferences, zero holdings. Why don't you go back and cut the tape up again? Which I thought was perfect because, you know, these guys are, you know, what, how are these guys? Most of them are, you are from like 20 to 22 years old. You know, some of them might be 19. Um, and they're basically being told that like all their flaws by a bunch of, you know, middle-aged, you know, guys that probably are the least athletic guys on their sports team. So it's great to hear him kind of snap right back. I thought it was fantastic. So, um, so, you know, I think that in general, I think the Ohio state, you know, they always talk about, you know, Florida having the best defensive backs mixed with LSU having the best defensive backs, but you know, I, I it's a hard pressed thing. If you look at Ohio state, they've been producing some great, great cornerbacks. Latimer, um, out of, um, out of Ohio state plays for the saints. I think that he was probably one of the most shut down corners. I mean, AJ Brown, like I said earlier, great wide receiver rookie class last year. He got, he got shut down. He didn't have any catches against him. He had one run for 47 yards and a touchdown whenever he played the Saints late in the season, but that was it. That's all that he had. He had zero catches, which is pretty pretty incredible. So um, so great to see um, some of the Ohio State guys coming out. I'm not an Ohio State fan whatsoever. I think that it's, I don't know. I'm not, I've never been an Ohio State fan, but um, you can't argue with the with the results. You know, they're, they have a great defensive end that's coming out as well. So, um, I think that the skill position is a little bit better than what you see with, you know, just true offensive and defense alignment. Sometimes you, you look at a draft and the first six guys off the board are going to be offensive alignment and whatnot. But I don't think you've really seen that great offensive line class probably in about three or four years. So, you know, this year looks like it's going to be another really heavily skilled position draft. Um, especially some of these guys really need some wide receivers, you know. So it'll be kind of interesting, you know, who kind of falls to Buffalo and where Buffalo goes if they take a skill guy. Because um, once again, you know, they – their wide receivers are all okay, but you know, they, they don't really have a big, big flashy guy. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see if they got kind of somebody to kind of match that, especially with that offense that got better and better throughout the year. So sorry. I know if you guys don't like sports, that was a long time of talking sports. So I am sorry. Um, but nonetheless, that was kind of the, the NFL kind of catch up with free agents, you know, the draft that's upcoming, um, you know, I'll do a whole breakdown of, you know, my, my top like five favorite, you know, 
NFL guy, my top five favorite defensive guys coming out of the draft like I did last year, top five favorite offensive guys coming out of the draft this upcoming year. Um, so I'll do like a whole breakdown of that aspect as well. I just think that it's kind of a little fun thing to do and try to pick out a couple names that um, that didn't uh, or that that were, you know, kind of that are a little bit less known for for their for their I guess hype in the NFL draft you know last year I chose a guy that went undrafted he ended up playing on the Saints I think he was on the practice squad for half the year so he didn't really pan out but um you know I look at a couple of the other guys that I kind of picked and you know they, they actually had pretty good seasons so it's kind of I did I did so so last year with those guys um and then we'll do a whole um college breakdown as well um with college basketball just because you know March Madness right around the corner um, um, once again, I think I said this last year, but that's how we kind of associated our um, our fantasy football drafts. We create a bracket. Um, whoever gets first gets first pick of whatever pick they want and then so on and so forth. So it's kind of an interesting little time to see where people are going to be drafting and, you know, as we get closer and closer to that time. Um, but nonetheless, guys, it was kind of a kickback off. I know not a ton of focus on anything in particular, just kind of bounce all over the place. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, I'm going to try to become more and more regular at this, try to get more consistent with this and hope you guys can kind of get back on board with it. And once again, um, thanks as always as listening and I hope you guys have a great start to your week. Bye guys.